When you're smiling. Hey, you. Bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly. Crack a smile. Hey, John. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing, man? Ah, pretty good. Thanks. You're very welcome. How's the little one doing? Uh, I actually slept a lot today, so that, that was fun for a change. <laughs> I bet, man. I bet. So I'm going to go and introduce the show and introduce everybody to you, and then we'll go on ahead and do our show. All right. Sounds good. All right. Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to today's show. For today's show, we actually have a little bit of movie news, and then after that, we're going to be doing why do horror movies scare us? We're going to go into the whole thrill of it. Tamika winded up sending that question in, so I appreciate that. Also, too, the uh, the movie news that we're actually going to be covering is Cobra Kai arrives on Netflix in August. Edgar Wright is directing Stage 13. Uh, Tyron Edgerton is going to be in a Tetris movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get into that in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> movie lovers rewind now this is actually going to be a little bit of a feeling old segment where we're going to be talking about the movies turning 10 and 20 years old mm-hmm. the movie turning 20 years old today is x-men so we're going to be talking about that yeah that, that how to make me feel really old i actually saw it in cinema the day came out oh me too i've actually went as a matter of fact i was in boston whenever uh whenever this movie was released and i got to see it in boston so nice all right, so let's. What what story do you want to cover first? Um, I think on top of my head, like the. Um, I don't know. You choose. Okay, so let's go on ahead and go with Edgar uh, Edgar Wright directing Stage Thirteen for a minute. Yeah, it's um, I I saw it in like the movie news. I have no clue what the fuck this movie is though. To be honest with you, I didn't know either up until I read that I sent you. Okay. And basic, basically, it's just this. It's based on a short story of the same name written by Simon Rich. Stage 13 it follows a struggling film director who has been hired by a studio executive to direct a fake movie in order to appease the ghost of a silent film star who has haunted the, studio, uh, the soundstage for decades. However, when the director meets the ghost, they discover to share an unexpected kinship and team up in order to make their mark on the world so that's gonna be the that's the whole synopsis of it yeah it sounds like an edgar wright movie it sounds like something that is completely left field and unexpected and probably influenced by drugs and just probably gonna be an (laughs) awesome right uh you know visual awesomeness and some really cool moments um is it i don't know it's it sounds good, but it really depends who's starring in it. it really depends, like the right. cast, right? Because by paper, it can be awesome, but at the same time, like how much of a movie can you do with just that premise, right? So, right. It really depends on who to bring in. Who would you like to see in that kind of movie? Oh God, the list can just be—I don't know. I mean, who can actually do that? I mean, we could get James Franco in there, probably. Mm. He would actually be good. To play the go to play the struggling writer, yeah, he would be. Um, yeah, actually, I, I actually he would fit in it. 
Um, in the Edgar Wright movie too, that would be interesting to see him in the Edgar Wright movie. Um, I have no actors. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I have one, and it, because I want to see him redeem, and I know he can do really fun popcorn movies. Is um, why am I driving blank? Blank. Hello. Uh, <laughs> give me a second here. That's wow, that's this. Every time I'm on your show, it's not. I, I can't just bring the weed anymore. I think so you, <laughs> you you do something to my brain, sir. John well, Boyega. I, John Boyega. Okay. I would love okay. to see John Boyega in the fun movies. I agree with you on that because we've seen him do dramatic, especially with the movie Detroit. We've seen him do stuff with Star Wars. We've seen him. him We've seen him Pacific Rim, which you know, if I could, it's ripped that part of my out of my brain. Right, I agree with you on that, and I do agree with you on what you say though. Is from paper it looks amazing, but what does this thing actually look like from paper to screen Mm -hmm. by the end of the final product? And who's going to be in this film? Hmm. You know, yeah. And and that's the thing too. Like they say, it's attached, but he could be just maybe producing it too. Like doesn't mean he's completely like this is his movie. You know, sometimes you would hear like ah oh, Quentin Tarantino, and you didn't realize it's produced or written by. So a lot of things can change in the movie world. So I I, I don't put it hundred percent as this is his next movie, but I do believe that he's definitely um, he's definitely uh, involved in something of the sorts. I can see him being involved in it. And even if he does decide to step down as a director, I can see him as a producer for it, to be honest. Because it is right up his alley. Yeah, and he has the the name recognition now to have power and to to really, like, if he has a passion project, but not necessarily willing to put two years of his life on it, you know? Uh, But, yeah, uh, it sounds good. We need good, fun popcorn movie. Uh, I'm willing to predict that I'd say... Maybe the next year, when when movies really start to recome back um, in theaters, you're gonna not see a lot of like uh, dramatic stuff. You're gonna see fun popcorn, fun comedies, and something to just you know not think for a while. So, and that kind of fits that kind of uh, mentality of what I expect movies to to, to be when it comes back uh, in theaters. Most, most definitely, especially when you look at everything that's going on around us right now, we yeah. definitely do need a good popcorn flick where we can just stop popcorn in our face. Yeah, it, it, it's not a. It, I don't think it's it's well. Maybe for civil rights movement uh, movies, yes, but like for the other like deeper, darker things, uh, there's like seasons for that, and and I don't find that right now it's appropriate. Uh, if they want to make cash, that's for sure. Uh, people are co- are climbing for something very fun and just not think about life uh, for the next two hours. I agree. I agree one hundred ten percent on that. Um, so you actually dropped this little piece in the movie news. And matter of fact, I remember when this was announced on AMC movie talk a while mm, back mm. and John Schnepp goes, you know what I love? I love shapes. <laughs> <laughs> I love to turn them around, turn them upside down, turn them sideways. Yeah. So if anybody doesn't know what we're talking about, we're actually talking about Karen Egerton <laughs> is going to be in the Tetris movie. Yes, and and it, this is not a weird. Uh, we smoked too much weed and took too much acid, and let's put an actual Tetris block trying to squish someone. Movie. This is actually about the 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 real people behind the game, and there's a whole history, man. I, I remember watching this documentary about like who invented tra- Tetris. It, it, it it's a social network potential movie. Uh, there's a lot of copyrights issue. There's a lot of like drama and and controversy. 
And, and this game passed through a lot of people's hands. And after a while, a lot of people were claiming that, you know, the copyrights are to them. So I can't wait to see how they're going to attack the movie. Is it going to be like just a part of the struggle, like a, a moment of like a very important part, or if it's from beginning to end, like creation of the game to, you know, who actually publishes it now. So I'm really interested to see how the attack, uh, the, the script and how they portray uh, the events. Oh, wow. I didn't know there was controversy around this thing. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a social network uh, type of thing. Like you stole my right. idea, I stole this. You stole my rights, I stole this. So there's there's a lot of things. It's not a happy yay, everyone's on board and let's publish Tetris. There's a lot of backstabbing. Oh wow. Okay. So I'm wondering if they're going to go the social network route, where we actually see them with the lawyers, like social networking, which I hope they don't do. Ah, uh, you, you know? see, I do actually. You do. Yeah, okay. I actually so- do. Okay, give me your pitch because I want to actually hear what from that point. It's it's a it's a, a modern day social network. I really want to see uh, maybe not like exactly how social network did it right. So uh, maybe not like having like back and forth moments, but I think that um, they they should definitely uh, either open up the movie with it or have a big part of the movie in the legal terms uh, mm. because. Uh, that's what's interesting to me, you know. Okay. I really, I really want to see like the opposition, the, the 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 arguments because both had good cases, right? It, it's no one could. I can say this. It it, it wasn't clear cut answer, and still to this day, I don't think it's a clear cut answer to the issue. And I, I am a person who likes arguing a lot, you know. I, I get, <laughs> I, I used to be paid ten years to argue professionally almost. So uh, for me, I find it interesting, and there's a lot of. Uh, interesting data and footage about the cases that I can't wait to to, to see how they they do. Like it, it it's almost like just a legal uh, story, you know. Right. Uh, it's not like you're creating uh, a platform that's going to change almost like three uh, three quarters of the population. This is a video game, you know. Right. We're not talking. <laughs> about, we're not talking about the, the, uh, Facebook or or you know Google or Amazon. We're talking about a, a simple, a yeah, a Game Boy game that, like you said, I like shapes. Let's <laughs> rotate, you know. And so the there's like, plays. so right. there's a, there's no there's not as much like he's a genius and he's weird about it, and it's like it's a game. So the meaty part is the legal part. If you don't have that or don't concentrate mm-hmm. on that, do you really have a movie? Right, and you say this is what I was thinking that they would actually go in, create the game, and then create the drama all the game is actually being made and going off of that that's what i was thinking yeah it should be. And, and there's a lot of things because there's two sides right like there's really the the, the russian uh developers and then the american people so they can do like both perspective not like look at just right. the legal part so yeah you can actually do something different than social network do i want to see that no i actually want to see the legal okay i actually don't mind that idea either it's just how it's actually according how it's actually done yeah so i just don't want it like paint by the numbers kind of social network kind of feel to it you know what i mean I oh no for sure like, for sure that's, that's what i'm getting at but i'm all for the legal thing as long as it's not like a rehash of what we got from well, social network it, it's kind of what we saw with um with bohemian rhapsody and rocket man it was like close together there were True. T- two uh, movies about great iconic legends of music 
but in, and both of them are gay. You know, like right. there, there's so much similarities. And and from I heard uh, from you and a lot of people, you know, Rocket Man is nothing like Bohemian Rhapsody. No. It could have been. So uh, it, just because it's very similar in context, I I'm not afraid as much. You know, it, if their show notes is we want to be the next social network, okay, maybe. But if it's slightly inspired or they're they're aiming for what the social network made you feel, but they actually obtained it by doing a whole different story, I'm down for that too. Right. I, I, I definitely agree with you on that and everything too. And I'm hoping that it goes through, you know how some uh, biopics also goes to, like, first it starts off where, it starts off strong, where it actually talks about the negatives. Mm. And then it's all positive. I'm hoping that they actually do mix both together. Hmm with that you know because i've seen where biopics are like that wouldn't it be cool to actually see one day uh a, a biopic that's made a la memento it starts from the uh from the end and goes back to the beginning i would love to see that that would be that would be a different twist yeah like seeing like all the chaos how did you get how, how did you get to that chaos from all the beginning you know uh from like the big drama reveal that you would usually get at the end of the movie. Would it work? I don't know. It's my high brain talking and my imagination saying, hey, this is a good idea. And then you actually do it and you're like, yeah, I was too stoned. So okay. I, I don't know if that would be a good idea, but it's something I've never seen in a biopic before. Okay, now you got my mind going now a little bit. So let me give you uh, two biopics in mind that I think that could actually pull that off. Okay. Yet we can do a Metallica biopic. With all the drama, oh god, god, it, like it, if they would sign their life rights, which I don't think they will, no. die so. And then we can also do Guns N' Roses with Axel. Okay, someone likes to rock too much, uh, but <laughs> I, I would actually be more down for a Metallica biopic. Um, because as much as Gun, Gun Rose is good, it's very short in history, and there's like the only couple parts I was really really interesting like the the riots uh, when the concert they had to cancel and stuff like that right but after that like yeah axel you 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 had your moment but you didn't do anything interesting you know after okay at at least metallica you got this whole you know there's so much you can cover you can go a whole lifetime you can go just um you know the kill them all days or like kill them all and ride the lightning like the very beginning them as a youth so, uh, you can go from when Cliff died. There's a lot of things you can do, right? Right. Uh, so I, I just think it's meatier and juicier. And also be very cool to to, to see actors portraying them. Because we, I know them so well, right? Uh, and I want to see if they're able to really be able to create homage to Metallica without you know, feeling like a imitate cheap imitation exactly, and, and feeling something like it's their own, which was a big challenge personally in Bohemian Rhapsody. And I found you really found their voice is a doable in Metallica, you know? We'll right. <clears throat> but yeah, I think that that's actually a good idea as well. So let's see here. We have Cobra Kai. So what's your thoughts on it? I uh, initially, I <clears throat> I really don't give a fuck. Uh, I'm not a big karate. <laughs> I'm not a big karate kid fan. But okay. here's here's my opinion though. Now it's on Netflix. I'm definitely gonna check it because okay. as much as I don't give a, a flying fuck at all about this this content, 
Uh, I've heard a lot of good things about it. And when I have nothing to do after a while, Netflix gets boring and I need a deer. So uh, I, I'm very easily influenced by Harloff and the gang from SCN. And after a while, when you keep hearing Cobra Kai, Cobra Kai, Cobra Kai, you say to yourself, <laughs> I'm going to check Cobra Kai, but I can't. Now it right. is. It's coming. And now the, this is interesting, though. Isn't Netflix US, Netflix World, or just like, is it going to be available in Canada, though? I'm going to have to do some extra digging on that, and I'll get back to you on that. Because if it's, it is, that would be fantastic. Yeah. And if it isn't, I would just, you know, not give a fuck until I can see it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But, uh, Basically, here's my my thing on this. I'm not a big fan of spinoff shows about movies Mm. or TV shows that are based off of movies like Lethal Weapon. I'm not Mm. fans of that kind of stuff, especially when you have I love Breaking Bad. But when they said they were going to do a Better Call Saul thing, I'm like, "Eh, I don't know about this. I wanted to love in Better Call Saul. Mm. So when I saw the idea for the Karate Kid, for the spin off, I'm like, I don't know if I want to even bother with this or anything. It's been so long since we've seen the original Karate Kid, mm. you know. And I, like I said, I'm not a big fan of spin offs. And then Harlock interviewed uh, the actor who played uh, the first dojo master of Cobra Kai. Mm. And I'm like, okay, I need to check this out now because. Of the fact that it has been so long, but maybe there might be some meat there for me to digest. Yeah, it, but it, you see, compared to the other things you mentioned, Lethal Weapon, etc., it, it, it's like new actors playing the old characters and trying to to be the, the thing and not really being. Now, compared to this Cobra Kai, it's just like thirty years after uh, you flash forward, but it's in the same world, same actors, right. from, from what I understood. So that is a better recipe to have something a lot more watchable than trying to capture the, the magic. If you already have your magic and you just continue it, then it works. Exactly. Now, that I do agree with. Because if you instead of doing cheap imitation, Im- imitations, like you said, yeah. and try and do a rehash of something that worked for a bigger screen, it doesn't mean that it's actually going to work for a smaller screen. Yeah, especially when you get cheap actors. I'm I'm sorry, like no disrespect to, to the acting, and it's not just acting. I've tried to watch that show, and man, is it cringeworthy. Like like nothing <laughs> works. Like the casting is. If you're gonna cast no names and not pay ex- that expensive, you know, not maybe not no names, but you're gonna get like bad talent. You know, <laughs> like right. Michael is doing effort. I don't know. I agree with you. It was the dialogue itself was cringeworthy itself. You know, yeah. you can definitely tell there was a struggle with the writing. There, there's no lie about that. And and, but, and something about remake shows that like it's common, and I don't know why it must be the same guy composing music for every of the shows. But who who hires these people? Why do we have a career? It is like the it, bad soundtrack movie, um, soundtrack for movies or. TV shows stick up like a sore thumb, but especially it sounds like you're making it on a synthesizer and not giving a fuck. I mean, it's it, what happened, right? It's like they use the same tone, same type of jingle for every single show on yeah. regular network, and and there's always a cheap guitar somewhere. It's like, uh, yep. uh, uh, let me let me tell you this: the biggest qualms I had about season one of Gotham was the porno music. It sounded like porno music. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. That, if, 
do you remember the interrogation scene? And then they have that that porno music when they're when it's playing when they when they're bringing them in to interrogate the person for the party. Yeah, it's but it, it, it got a lot. <laughs> it found it so like didn't Danny Elfman come back to the come to to no that wasn't Justice League. That was Justice League on that. Okay, but it got better. Uh, they got better uh, in tone of the, the the show and also the music. Um, th- there's a couple shows I would have to revisit. I haven't finished Gotham, and I heard uh, Shield uh, Agent Shield got really interesting. Uh, I would have to recheck that. But th- again, it's like those shows. That, that's a, why I have problems with like syndicated shows. They feel cheap now. Now we saw Game of Thrones. Now we saw like what we could have, and what you can bring us is quality. And you give us lethal weapon and you give us you know certain probably good episodes but like after a while flash became corny for me it's like there's not enough uh for me to get interested now i can watch so many better better things out there you know most definitely and i definitely understand where you're coming from with the flash because i stopped watching all the comic book shows altogether Mm. and everything it's like i got to the point where i'm like i don't give a fuck just like you with cobra kai i just didn't care Mm. You know, I'm like, I have better, uh, I actually have better programming now, better writing. I can focus on better shows than what I'm getting. So why waste my time with this? Yeah. And, and it's, and sometimes it's fun. You find something like, okay, this is cool. But if it doesn't evolve and it doesn't get better after a while, you just, you, something I just forgot I was watching the series and I go back like two years after Netflix recommends, like, true, I've never finished it, you know? Right. It, it happens because the show doesn't evolve. And that's why, uh, maybe that's for another discussion another time, but that's why I love anime now. I'm starting to really get into it because the ones I've been watching so far that had multiple seasons feel always different every season feels like almost like a, a different story or like what what uh, westworld did every season really pushed the envelope and you you felt like it was a standalone movie on its own right it really had different voices for every season and that's where the syndicated shows become annoying is after a while it feels like just a rehash you were out of ideas and like Let's make it a woman, but with the same powers. <laughs> right. <laughs> Again, really, can't you like push yourself to do actually something that is like, well, not gonna, yeah, not going to follow the same beats and same formula because it works before. It's going to work now. Yeah, but after a while, people are just going to plug out, you know. Definitely. And I also want to mention this about Cobra Kai. We are actually getting the first two seasons of Cobra Kai on Netflix. Mm, and. Mm. We're actually going to get season three, which is already done later on. So I'm thinking maybe around September or October, we'll get Cobra Kai season three. Yeah, like, and, and if it's really good, it's going to probably make me going to rewatch the movies, because I never really enjoyed. But again, maybe I was too young, or I, I'm going to appreciate it more now, because I understand like the whole world and probably enjoyed the show. So you never know. Exactly. And I got to say, the show is really good. The writing is good on it. You can definitely tell there's still tension between Daniel and Johnny, even after all those years. Mm. Johnny still can't stand Daniel. Daniel actually owns a car dealership. Mm. And every single time when you buy a new car, you get a bonsai tree, which is a, a, t- a tip of the hat to Mr. Miyagi. Yeah. But even when Daniel's trying to do something nice for Johnny, Johnny just does not accept it mm. or anything like that. And then, of course, um, Daniel's also flaunting the fact that he came up from being bullied and having money now to where Johnny is, who doesn't really have anything. Hmm. Okay. So 
So you have that tension right there. So I just thought I'd throw that in there. So, but I think you've talked about it. you. You've been praising it uh, for for a little while, like uh, a couple of times when I was your show. So yeah. that would be house for for me to, to to try. But I wasn't going to get out of my way to find a way to watch it or download right. it. And but if it's available, you know, I, yeah, for sure. Exactly. Exactly. Because Brett Sheridan said the same thing. He said, "I'm not going to sign up for YouTube." or anything like that because of the fact that there's other shows I can actually watch and not have to pay for another streaming service. Yeah, I just heard that show, you know, yeah. Right. You see, and, the, for right. me, the, the only exception, like, the only show or stuff I'll do that for is Star Wars or, like, Marvel, so that's why I got Disney Plus. I barely watch it, but I still love it uh, because of what it gave us a couple of, like, little gems. But it's rare for me I'm going to actually get um, a streaming service for one specific thing, you know. Exactly. And I only binge watched Cobra Kai because of the fact I managed to get the uh, a free subscription of it. Mm. So so what I did was I knew when Cobra Kai season two was gonna drop. So what I did was I went on ahead, subscribed to it and binge watched whole season, and then I canceled it. And yeah. That's yeah. what I did. And and that's the problem with, with subscription-based uh, programming now, right? Especially when you're brand new and you don't have, like, partnerships with other studios or have exclusive things uh, in abundance, you know? Uh, you have, like, one or two interesting shows and the rest is like, yeah, that's why is this on there? Because no one else wanted it, you know? <laughs> right. Um, and, and that's a problem. Like, after the, the, the people watch um, the main interesting stuff, they just don't come back and you know you, you don't make your money back and you're not associated with anyone else so good luck and you must create brilliant content if not you're screwed and exactly know, that's what kind of happened with disney plus you know people watch mandalorian and then got get, uh, got out of there never resubscribed but at least disney has the backup of marvel of you know other star wars stuff of an incredible stretch over 30 years library of cartoons so it's it, it's a better risk for them, but YouTube, no. they, had, they had some balls going into the, in the streaming service. Definitely, because whenever I first saw this, because there was like one sci-fi type of show that they advertised at the movie theater, mm. and I'm like, okay, so you're going to be doing scripted TV shows, and I'm thinking to myself and everything, I'm like, are you guys forgetting where you guys came from? You guys are about making other kind of content besides streaming. I said, I appreciate the fact that you want to give us original content. I do. But are you guys forgetting where you guys came from? Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it really feels like it's the case. I mean, it, it, you always have, like, it's musicians, right? You always have to evolve and push the envelope. But at the same time, you have to realize what your strengths are. And if you're venturing in a brand new team, if you're thinking is, hey, but we do streaming, yeah, but the content process is very different. There's a difference between that kid on the sofa uh, doing video game casting and or or the the stupid idiots, seventeen year olds doing pranks and being stupid, to actually doing content that people are paying for. People are not paying for your your free content, your free shit that people do at their home, right. but they're paying paying for actual content. You better have some stuff to back it up, you know. Exactly. If not, you're going to be one of those. Like cautionary tales of you know this is how not to do a streaming service, right? And don't forget that's why also too blockbusters uh, went on ahead and folded over because they forgot where they came from. Yeah, true, true. You know, yeah. So, anyways, 
uh, that's a story for another day. But, oh, yeah. But, we, we, tend to, we tend to ramble on. <laughs> but still, I love the ramblingness, though, because it, because it always has an effect on the show. It always has a way of actually, you know, giving a little bit more of an extra background on certain things, too. It still yeah. follows the topic. Yeah, and I I tend to talk a lot when I smoke, and I'm always high, but especially now I don't work right now, so, yeah. Hey, light it up when you can. I, I wish. I, I, there's a couple times I did on, on your podcast before the baby. Now I can't smoke inside, so that's why last time you, last time you heard this really weird sounds, because I was trying to walk with my microphone and laptop and going outside. So any repeat viewers are like, like, what was happening? That was happening. I needed my joint, and I was trying to move the best I could, but it was a tragedy and disaster, so. <laughs> Rest in peace. <laughs> oh, God. All right, so now we actually have Movie Lovers Rewind. This is the failing old segment. I tried doing the 10 years thing. There was just nothing on there for movies turning 10 years old. So I, I, so I went into the movies that are turning 20 years old. Okay. And that would be the very first X-Men movie. Yeah, bring like the very first comic book movie. Te- yep. Not not technically like in the, the 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 way we know it, right? Well, within the Marvel stuff. Yeah, modern. Um, no. Well, if you look at like the Punisher and the really bad Captain mm-hmm. America movies, but the the, the ones that they're actually taking seriously. Um, but yeah, man, I remember, I remember seeing some stuff. Uh, seeing some stuff in um. Like how uh, how can I say this? How unexpectedly short uh, the director had f- to make this movie. Uh, at first, he had I think he he had like a normal two years global, uh, and then they say, "Oh, you have a year." Like, okay, a year extra? No, no, like you have a year less to do it. You know, oh, it, has wow. be, it has to be soon. And he's like, "Okay." So the like the first comic book movie to have like a social impact. And that had like had to introduce, you know, a make it or break it moment with Wolverine and Magneto, like very iconic characters. And your casting has to be spot on. Your, you know, there is no like pre preset things like this is what a comic book movie is. Now we have like, you know, mish uh, mishmash of like, yo, let's take Taxi Driver with you know, with uh, Joker. Uh, with like yeah joker or like influence and and doing hybrids before it's like well do an x-man movie and do a good job you know like how so he had a lot less tools a lot less time and had to deliver um performances and and casting that would stick to our brain and he did it he did it in a way that i think if we wouldn't have the x-man movies um that we had i don't think we would have the marvel and dc movies that we would have I agree with you on that. And not only that, but I didn't realize that he only had a week, well, not a week, but he only had, what, a year to make this movie? Or it's a, it was a year shorter, like very, <clears throat> a very long time shorter than he was actually expecting. His deadline was a push so back. I, I forget why, I think, because he really needed uh, something to perform fast. Uh, but uh, I don't quote me on that one. I can be completely wrong. Okay. I know it was not as expected, and there's a lot of pressure on Singer to, to perform. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Thank you for the little bit of uh, trivia knowledge right there. But, you know, if I was a singer, I was like, look, I have a year to make this. And then if you think of it like this, 
the internet wasn't as big as it is today. Mm. If you if you would have said X Men movie, I could just see the headlines now. X Men movie in trouble due to one year of mm. making film. Mm. You would actually see people go. You see, I told you that they they couldn't make an X Men movie. I told you. And it also like couldn't make an X Men movie. It, just saying that line, you realize it's not like saying you can't do it like a daredevil movie we're not like the first like marvel movies to actually be taken seriously was not even a single superhero it was a team right movie, right you, we know how complicated it is to have multiple heroes and multiple villains and you know spider-man 3 good lord shoot me now uh <laughs> it's very hard to find that balance of multiple characters and everything seemed pretty balanced or not off whack and that was Brian Singer's, you know, introduction to, to the Marvel world was a group thing. So it could have went wrong in so many aspects. You don't cast the right Wolverine, you're done right there. You don't exactly. know how to handle multiple characters, you're done right there. So there's a lot of things that could have gone, gone against them. Right. And like you said, you actually have to have screen time for each character and also explain the origin story of each mm-hmm. character. Because back then, we actually had to go through each origin story rather than um, what they did with Guardians of the Galaxy, for example, mm. where they actually just said, okay, this character is this character, this person's from this one, having another character explain their origin. We were actually being shown that character's origin. Mm. And that was actually complex right there, especially with Rogue. When we first get introduced to Rogue and she ends up clashing into where Wolverine is, whenever mm. he's, we see him for the very first time in that UFC cage. All right. Do you remember that? Nope. That's why so I'm so silent. <laughs> okay. Well, the very first, the very first time we actually see them is in that where Wolverine. I mean, I'm sorry. This thing just sticks out to me because it's the very start of the film, just about. Although you actually see. The oh film. yeah, with the fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, my brain farted. Okay. It's okay. I'm just here to bring you back a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that opening, well, it's not the opening scene. The opening scene is where you're getting the mutants' rights and everything, and Charles mm-hmm. is in there, and then you see Magneto. I'm just seeing this thing from X-Men animated style thing, where you can actually see this being animated in the 90s cartoon. Mm. You know, I'm yeah. actually seeing that. Yeah, that true. Thing. Yeah, they, they, they really did a... a like from A to Z, right? From costuming to, you know, to set design and to, to music, to like that that opening scene with the the, the door, um, you know, the Professor Xavier's uh, cerebral door, like mm-hmm. opening up. You go inside and like from the the, the title screens and everything, uh, it, it it was well thought off from A to Z, um, and hats off to casting. In that time, I think, especially in that time, no one else could do Dr. Xavier like Patrick Stewart. Like, no. Patrick, as much as Patrick Stewart is Captain Picard, Patrick Stewart is Professor X. No disrespect to the, 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 the more modern one. Right. And again, they play with that, which is awesome. But especially at that time, who else could do uh, Dr. Xavier? There's no one else that impersonifies like respect and 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 solitude and and such intelligence. I, I can't see it happening. I can't see that happening either, to be honest with you. Whenever I was watching that, I'm like, 
Okay, so we got Picard playing Charles Xavier. I'm sold. Mm. And the dialogue, the way it flowed, you made it made you care about Xavier, where he came from, where where, mm. where he stands on mutant rights and everything. Mm. It was just fantastically well, perfectly well crafted. Mm. And then also too, you also have the perfect actor to play Magneto as well. Yeah. And and not only like Magneto was awesome. He had a very a lot of class, and it was fun to see that they they weren't trying to age them down, right? Uh, Professor X and Magneto are older folk in the cartoon and the in the comic books. I am happy they didn't want like, oh well, this won't work because they're old and we need young, so right. we automatically start with like people are fifty because you would say, hey, that's stupid. But there's a lot of things that Hollywood does that you know seem illogical and yet still get green light. So uh, you never know. And they didn't go that route. But also, I remember seeing the visual effects for the first time, like Mystique changing into someone else. That was the coolest shit ever at that time. And like my mind is blown. Same here as well because we haven't seen special effects like that before. Yeah. Other than the last time we might have seen something similar to that is probably in the Matrix, which is in '99. Which a year later we actually get the X Men movie, and it's yeah. just well done. Yeah, I remember everybody in the movie theater <clears throat> clapping at the very end of it. I remember also being very disappointed how Toad dies and never comes back in any other movies because it was like, "Hey, yo, you just killed Darth Maul." Like, no, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then, um. There was actually something else I wanted to bring up too about this, um, as well. What and back in the nineties, I remember them actually saying that they wanted to make an X Men movie, and you know who they were actually wanting to cast as Wolverine at that time? Uh, isn't a singer? No, no, because I know at one point for the actual movie, the one of the one singer was uh, actually looked at. Yeah, who? Uh, Jack Nicholson. Oh, good lord. Yeah, no, <laughs> I just don't. I understand why they would cast them, especially in we're working with the nineties, but that would not work. Like it was, like, it, you know what that sounds to me? Like if someone would say, "Yeah, Bill Murray was considered for Wolverine," it's like, no, <laughs> good lord, no, no. And, and but and yet, like and, and again, our our brain says no because we're you know we have one perspective. A lot of people did not agree on, you know, on Keaton actually doing something good with Bruce Wayne or Batman. True. And for a lot of people, it works. And technically, it shouldn't work, right? He he doesn't really exude. He's a, he looks kooky, you know? He looks, like, a bit dangerous. And he didn't really exude that playboy millionaire. And, you know, how we do in the, with the cow? And he, he was good. It worked. Tim Burton found a way for it to work because he had a vision, Right. So right. we don't know, but at the same time, thank God it didn't work, because for me, there's only one Wolverine so far. Same here as well. I mean, I'm glad that Tom Hardy is actually Venom, so now we can actually pick somebody else for Wolverine later on. Because yeah. Only, yeah. because remember all the fan casting where they were actually pushing for Tom Hardy to be Logan? Which makes sense. Honestly, right. it makes a lot of sense. He has a stock. He's intense. But at the same time, you want you want to find a different Wolverine, right? And I find if you cast a big name, you're not going for right. for, for different. You're like, 
I don't know. It's like, I, I have a real big feeling that the next Wolverine is going to be an unknown like Hugh Jackman, Jackman when, was when he started. This should be the same for um, for Wolverine. I, guess I agree. It might turn up to be another Superman return situation that they casted an unknown and it kind of didn't work. But I don't think that was Brendan Rouse's fault. I find he was good in that movie. So let's just hope it, it, it doesn't do that. But that being said, go for an unknown. A, a, a really familiar face would take me out. Like, I already have to replace you, Jackman, and you give me a face that I've seen a year ago in another movie, a very big blockbuster. It would be too much of a, a brain fuck. Well, that's why I said, too, in my latest podcast, I said, is it too soon or is it the right time to cast somebody else's Wolverine? Oh, it's the right time to cast. Well, what I said was, Pump the brakes a little bit. Oh, okay. And step back for a minute, and come back to it later on, so that mm. way everybody will be fresh in their minds that there's somebody new taking that role. Because don't forget, it hasn't been that long ago when we got Logan for that very last movie. So we could actually maybe another three years, we can actually do another recast of Wolverine, and people might not say to try and compare. Um, Hugh Jackman to this Wolverine. Maybe some, might have actually worn off a little bit. Well, in a certain sense. Yes and no. Yet you could go like into that trap. But look how fast and how uh, how distant the Spider-Man movies are, right? And I, the Andrew Garfield ones weren't perfect, but I liked him as Spider-Man. I have no problem. It's the, the, the direction the movie went I had a problem with. You know, you can have your separate identities um, for characters and people I think are smart enough to realize and not always go in the same like it's not always not my joker it's not my (laughs) you know like it's a different one deal with it you know uh the joker the movie uh really stood out and you know you just saw him like a couple years ago with suicide squad so it's different with wolverine because we actually like the character he's not just like he's an iconic character that's probably gonna have his own statue one day you know (laughs) um but it's the time to capitalize in the sense that phase four is coming there's going to be you know introduction to to mutants and introduction to um to a whole different part of marvel i don't want them to have um Professor X as you know the 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 glue of the the, the X Men that was done twice, right? Um, even though you know the older ones weren't just main focus on on Professor Xavier, uh, it's still like everything w- fell you know into the that character. Everything was attached, and you know that was like the the the, the audience's eyes and soul was. Um, Professor X. But now Wolverine is so popular and there's so much, you know, uh, there's so much behind Wolverine. We have so much, such rich movies that I find you really take your most popular character and you capitalize on it. But also, you, if you're able to cast, recast Wolverine and make him, him completely different, but as awesome and as potentially iconic, that's a hell of a statement to say. Like, hey, we were able to recast Wolverine. This is gonna be our main like X Man person for now, and it works. 
that's gonna be like a Guardian uh, or the Guardian Galaxies two situation. That, like no one believes in it, and it's a huge hit, and we prove everyone wrong. And look, imagine what else we can do in the future. You know, right? I definitely can see it at that perspective that you just said. So now we're getting into our other topic discussion, which is actually sent in by Tamika. I just want to say thanks, Tamika, for sending that in. Yeah. And by the yeah, matter of fact, she's actually my co-host as well on here. Okay. So, so she sent that in. So I do appreciate that. And if, by the way, guys, if you guys want to send stuff in, go ahead, give me a voicemail message, and that will actually be played on the air, and we'll go on ahead and answer your question. Yeah. So. So you went on ahead and went with her question and go on ahead and tell it what it, tell tell us what that question was. Right. It was horrors, horror trills and why they scare us. All right. So I know that you're always about psychological thinking and everything and stuff. I want to get your deep thoughts on this. Well, it's like it's the same reason why we go um, to you know amusement parks with you know a very uh, a very like stressful rides. <clears throat> I can't do big rides, okay. Uh, I I even ha- I'll send you by Facebook. I'll send you a photo. Like I actually bought a photo of me going down the the ride. Everyone else is is you know. Uh, like yelling of laughter and joy, I look like a five-year-old being uh, like his, you know, dog just died. I did not want to be there, but there's a rush that goes with it, right? It's like, like right. I almost died. Like I feel so alive. That's why we like horror movies. We don't. We never would want to the horrible things we're seeing on screen happen to us. But as like as much laughter. You know, disguises pain and um and things that our brain kind of like defends ourselves from it. So there's always like truth behind jokes usually, or there's and it's at least a layer. There's something about the truth of being scared shitless, but your brain's still saying, "Hey, you're alive." Uh, and there's there's so much a craft behind horror movies now that. You know, we can get scared of so many ways. You know, it's not just the boo, you know, the the pop-ins. But the more that horror movies evolved and got movies like The Witch and Hereditary, I cannot pronounce that word to save my life. Um, (laughs) And you got got movies that really play with ambiance and and sound and the very slow moments. And you get those moments. I mean, I, I, I used to be a security agent uh, one time. And there's a couple moments that there's like uh, hallways. And you know someone was there. You don't know if they have a gun. You don't know have what's going on. If they're drugged up to uh, beyond belief and they're being aggressive. But you know there's something you're going to bump into because you hear it. It's a scary moment. It's It makes your, your, your whole body a certain way. And your mind is racing 10 billion uh, different ways, and then you still survive, and everything is good. But there's a reason why you know we we submit ourselves to that those kind of movies because it's it, we need it. We need to to remind ourselves why we live. Exactly, and like you said, it's the thrill of the ride. Yeah, and everything. You know, we want to be scared. <laughs> you know, we want to actually have that tension. We want to have that little bit of creepiness. If something's creaking inside the house, mm. the house is just settling down. We're wondering, okay, is it that that monster or, or that person that we saw in that horror movie that's doing this, or 
Is it just our whole imagination just going wild at this whole entire thing that, that we just saw? Yeah, and also horror movies are, are a big voice of what's happening socially at this moment or at the time, right? Uh, look at... Um, gonna, it's less of a horror... But yeah, I still consider a horror movie. Um, Get Out. Yeah, Get Out yeah. is definitely a horror movie. Horror suspense. I can yeah. see it. And there's, there's, horror movies tend to usually... You know, mask certain things, but using you know today's topics, uh, day and age, or at the moment's day and age, topics to to give that pain or give the anxiety of the people at that time a voice in you know in physical form. Uh, look at the thing, which was you know a reference, uh, surprisingly, to AIDS. Um, there's a lot of like things that you know they're studying, like how have AIDS affected people. Like your best friends can become your enemy, and be the reason why you die, uh, and that influenced the remake of the thing. Um, but it's never like subjected 100% on screen, but it's a reflection, and I find it interesting. Like there's not a lot of like genres that can say they do that. I agree with you because not a lot of genres can do that, have that whole suspense or anything like that to where you have the eeriness where you can feel drawn into something mm. and have something so demonic on some stuff that that's actually being played out through the movie. And then you come back and you're even more creeped out than when you left the house. Yeah. And not, not only the scares, but also the layers the movie has a lot of, if you analyze a lot of horror movies, like I said, there's a lot of messages behind, right? Um, horror movies are st- are deceptively very layered. It's sometimes it might seem like, oh, it's just about the scares, but there's so much involved psychologically that to scare someone, you have to understand how the brain works and what scares the brain. It's not just jump scares. It's going into the deep, dark recesses of humanity. And that's going to be like making horror movies must be an interesting journey, right? That's why there's like horror directors. It, else it may be action or comedy it's rare like you have like iconic directors for one specific genre and right. that's what horror has that those many like what's craven shadow and and carpenter carpenter and uh, there's so many uh so many much more eli roth you know even though Guillermo del toro there you go like there, there's a lot of uh directors or even studios like bloomhouse you know mm-hmm. um that specializes in one thing because there's so many facets of horror you can touch. It's not just right. one subject or one, you know, type of fear you can play with. There's a lot of things you can do and a lot of messages you can inject. Exactly, because people tend to think that horror is just built around ghosts no. and monsters and stuff like that. No, there's just so much stuff that you can actually pack into a horror movie. You're scared mm-hmm. of heights. You can actually do a horror movie based on heights. Yeah. You can do a horror movie just about on anything that you fear, and that can be a horror movie. I, I'm still waiting for a horror movie on a Body Order, but <laughs> <laughs> so shall we call it B O R P U? We shall. Uh, let's talk about it on our next uh, movie um, pitching uh, okay. Uh, show. <laughs> okay, Body <laughs> Order, a movie. <laughs> I can see Tamika going, I don't know about this. I don't want to be the executive no more. <laughs> uh, but 
you know what? I want to actually talk about something that happened to me while I was watching Friday the Thirteenth. I forgot which movie, it, uh, which part it was, what, uh, which one in the franchise. Hmm. But there was a part where a car- the phone is ringing, and so all of a sudden, I had my own phone line back in high school because of the internet. Because during that time, people, guess what? We actually had dial-up. Yep. So, so I had my own phone line. So. As the phone is ringing on Friday the 13th, the phone is also ringing in my room. Hmm. So I'm like, should I answer this or should I not answer this? And everything. And Did I'm like, you answer it? I answered it. It was my friend Kevin. You see? But yeah, it's, um, yeah, like those little moments. I, I remember uh, once, I forgot what movie I was watching. I think it was Possession of Amy. Oh, I know the movie you're talking about. Exorcism, exorcism of Amy Rose. Amy, um, one of the exorcists in like possession movies. I remember watching that and kind of being freaked out. I'm not easy to freak out, but I'm, I was kind of freaked out on that one. And a bird actually hit the window. Oh shit! And the, the, the friend is like, "What the fuck is going on?" Okay, I'll burn the DVD. I'll burn the DVD. I understand. I am sorry. And I was like, "It was really weird timing." I have a question. Was it a regular bird or was it a crow? Because if it was a crow, I would have definitely have to set a priest I, over there. I don't remember the type of bird, but I know it was like a small, annoying one. It wasn't okay. a crow. If it was a crow, I probably would just like throw holy water, even though I'm not religious. <laughs> right. It, it, it probably it, it wouldn't ha- it wouldn't hurt to try, you know. Uh, right. <laughs> it's like but, I don't believe, but I'm gonna try. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I really don't believe. Like, it just annoyed my right. girlfriend. She she's she's religious. She she doesn't push her religion, but she right. she does pray and everything. But sometimes, like when something she wants really to happen, she'd be like uh, praying to God. And as a joke, I'll be like pointing, doing like this uh, pointing fingers, like hey hey, on the ground, uh, da- uh, like down right. It's like stop talking to Satan, like hey bro. So if uh, the guy upstairs doesn't answer. Hey, could you help us uh, help us out? It's like, shut up! Something bad is gonna happen. I'm like, God, come on. So, but I, I joke about it. I really not religious, but for a second right. there, I was like, I can understand that. Though. Yeah, that, that that's that's what. Well, I do appreciate you sharing your memory with that. Well, thank you. You're very welcome. So, uh, but yeah, I think that's it that I for the show and everything but I do have a one quick announcement that I want to make and that is the fact that I am going to be having someone that I'm interviewing from Hollywood hmm. and his name is Seth Martin he's actually the guy who does the lighting and stuff like that for the visual effects he worked on Guardians of the Galaxy he worked on the Goldbergs he worked on Cobra Kai he worked on uh, a bunch of uh, the Blacklist and the and also the good doctor he worked on tons of stuff and everything so i'm gonna be interviewing him friday and that's gonna be at seven o'clock central time five o'clock pacific time by the time the interview is over with i'm probably it's gonna be uploaded around eight o'clock so i'd say maybe about eight thirty nine o'clock will be available for everybody to listen to hey don't i don't miss out on that people seriously because this is something that is like a dream come true to me to actually interview somebody within the realm of what we do Mm. so this is like a dream come true for me so i just want to say thank you to Crichton hobbs for getting me that interview i do appreciate you and check out his documentary when it gets released it's called how many chances so with further ado thanks again for being on the show french i do appreciate you being on 
Hey, it won't. It's not the first time. It won't be the last time. Until next time. Bye bye, people. Bye bye, everyone. Have a nice, safe, safe night. Have a good night. Bye bye. And don't.